millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. True Hauntings is a frightfully good production. There's a house that sits right on the Hudson River in the small village of Nyack that actually has legal proof that it's haunted. Thanks to the Ghostbusters ruling, this home has been declared legally haunted by the state of New York. This beautiful home doesn't look like your typical Hollywood haunted mansion. It's not scary in the least. Instead, it's a beautifully elegant and well-maintained 130-year-old mansion that has been bought and sold many times over since the story about the haunted building first appeared in the Reader's Digest 30 years ago. Hi, I'm Renata. And I'm Anne. And in this episode of the True Hauntings podcast, we are torn between which part of this story is the most interesting. The hauntings or the legal case that has made this home famous. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow, forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. I saw our house for the first time on a hot July day in 1967, a bedraggled old Victorian. It had stood vacant for seven years. Its waist-high lawn clutched about a sturdy stone foundation. Its wood shingled roof was awry. But as I followed the real estate agent and my husband George into the spacious hall, I knew I was home. George, already working in New York City, moved into the house as soon as the final papers were signed. My job was to shuttle between our Maryland farm and our new home, closing one while renovating the other. One afternoon, the neighbourhood children broke up a lively ball game to question me. Yes, we had bought the house. 
Yes, we did have children, four, although they wouldn't arrive for another week. When I told them they could look through the house, two of the kids hung back. The others giggled. They think there's ghosts in there. They're scared. Did you know you bought a haunted house? Welcome back to the studio, Miss Anne. Thank you very much, Renata. That's very musical of you. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's uh, a, that's your 15th coffee. It's just mm-hmm, kicked in, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. We have a little announcement to make about... Don't worry, we're not going anywhere. Just we're rolling into the end of the year. So this is actually our last True Hauntings episode for twenty. 23. And we want to take the opportunity to wish you all a wonderful Christmas or whatever it is you celebrate at this time of the year. Mm-hmm. And I hope that your New Year's celebration is hangover free and that 2024 is your most spectacular yet. Yes, because it's we're planning for it to be the most spectacular. It's got to be. It Speaking of be. which, if you want to become one of our Patreon supporters, <laughs> please head over to Patreon and look up um, Anne and Renata, frightfully good. Become a grand poo bar, get all the secrets juice absolutely or buy us a coffee and that will make (laughs) our new year even more spectacular and And the link is in the the description yeah yeah yeah. description that that would be our christmas present or even a cup of coffee Mm. buy us a cup of coffee Mm. (laughs) because i drink at least 15 a day she does (laughs) Uh, now we are also planning and hoping fingers crossed that we will be back to an episode a week Mm -hmm. from february Fingers crossed. Yeah, there will be a few little differences. Mm. We're going to just introduce something a little Ooh. bit different. <laughs> but we're going to try to do one a week from February. So you'll be getting more of us Sorry. Oh, um, in the new year. Yeah. And uh, this was an interesting case. This, oh, you this nearly particular... killed me with this case. I had a mental <laughs> breakdown over this case. Thank you very much. Especially actually... when we changed things. Oh, I dug my heels in. I went, nope, I can't do this today. I cannot wrap my head around this. Because <laughs> yeah, uh... yeah, normally you you do the history. I do the hauntings. That's mm-hmm. the way it goes. Little mm-hmm. darling. They'll be riding on the horses. <laughs> yay, yay. It's an Australian theme. Yeah, they might not get it. Uh, and um, no, you told me that you're doing the hauntings. I know. And I have to do the court case, which means I had big words to deal with. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. We hope you enjoy this one. Mm. Uh, it's been a challenge. It was a challenge for the real people, but uh, we all got over it. Yeah, we all got was, over it, did I, it? I got over it. No, I'm getting over it now and I'm doing it finally. Okay, let's get into this story. Okay. I stumbled upon this story as I was going through the internet looking for interesting places to do a podcast episode I'd just on. like to say, you stumble on things a lot. I do. I you... stumble on things because I'm continually looking for great stories to uh, tell no, our... You normally fall over stuff. Oh, shut up. And you, <laughs> do. you don't have great night vision and what no. do you do? You walk around without any flashlight. I know, but I need one of those torches that... Um, if I you can... put one on your head, I will... <laughs> I will have words. I hate those ones they put on your head because they blind every other bugger the, apart from you. That's true. Oh, has everyone seen our merch, our T-shirts on TeePublic, T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C? Finally got a True Hauntings podcast T-shirt. I'll, I'll put a link on. Oh, it's fabulous. I will do a link. So proud. 
Anyway, in the sorry. meantime, sorry, I'm squirreling. In the meantime, we are looking at a place that is allegedly haunted, but that might not be the most sensational thing about this particular story. The most sensational thing about this particular story is that it led to a story in the Reader's Digest 30 years ago. Now, do people remember what the Reader's Digest is? Yes. Or was? Yes. I My mother subscribed to it and there used to be word games and um, improve your vocab in there and she used to make me do them because I was not um, great at English at school. Uh, I was more of a creative, like chasing people around as a horse. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that's a true story. Um <laughs> It actually helped me. It was really good because they yeah. had like multiple choices and they made it sort of like a game and they had interesting little stories in there mm. that were condensed down mm-hmm. and easy to read. And it was probably one of the first, especially here in Australia, one of the first sort of magazines that you bought into as a, oh, a subscription. A subscription. Yeah, it was ahead of its time. And then, and then you'd get absolutely just completely... Inundated with stuff that kept coming with it. That's right. <laughs> yep. It was the first um, Sheen, Shine, Timu thing of its of its nature, yep. where you would get ads about oh the clocks, oh yes, the clocks and the, and the crockery and, and the, the figurines. figurines. Yes, <laughs> limited release. Yeah, and, it, and you would be you bombarded. Sign you that, sign up for those as well. And do yeah. you think you can cancel those buggers? No, <laughs> there was nowhere to cancel. There's always somewhere to ring to sign up, but never anywhere where you can cancel it. <laughs> so this might be bringing back some memories for people who are old enough to understand uh, the like re- us. Reader's Digest and. Uh, what it entailed and the word that I was searching for was bombardment you were bombarded with different uh, ways to subscribe and to make a subscription even better every single time yeah but it was good it was good magazine absolutely absolutely now we go back to the story this is about one Levita place in Nyack which is a, a suburb of New York and uh, it is about a three-storey colonial house built on that property that dates back to 1890. Now, if you look at the house, there are some beautiful photographs of it. And like I, we said in uh, the uh, opening, this does not look like a haunted house at all. It's this beautiful mansion surrounded by glorious trees it's set off um, from the river it's elevated it has these beautiful large wraparound porches all over the place the or veranda in veranda. australia yep the house and shares your old rocking chair the house shares a side yard with the neighbor um, and the family here uh, lived in that house from the 1960s to the 1990s. So it's the Ackley family we're talking about. I, I have to ask you, did you get Amityville vibes off this occasionally? Uh, no. I did. I don't know why. Maybe no. it's just because it was a husband and wife with kids mm. in a, a big old house by the, the water. Yeah, that's maybe, about maybe that as was close it. as it but, got, but yeah. never mind. Now, the neighbours uh, were pretty good. With the family, they, um, you know, the children played in the yard that was the the yard that 
the houses shared. They did um, have a grandfather, though, that was no longer alive, and the neighbours did tell the Ackleys about him because he actually built the house. Oh, wow. The Back grand- in the days. Didn't your yeah. husband build your house? Yes. It's still upright? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're still building it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's just not go there. No, no. Yes. Um, and he was a bit of a cantankerous sort. So even, even though the grandfather you know, built this beautiful house and um, you know, everything that was in it, he did have uh, a few things that were quite unusual about him. He didn't live in it continuously, uh, but would have, if he could have, but he built the house next door for his family as well. So it was like... That's industrious, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. You can't get one house finished, he built two. Yeah. <laughs> um, he built it more for a meeting place for the family. So family came uh, from outside of the New York area. They had somewhere to stay. It had lots of bedrooms. Yes. Loads of them. So, you know, he did a wonderful thing for the family. Yeah. But the, he was a cranky old bastard, so was, nobody wanted to come and hang out with yeah, him. Yeah, so Scott, the name of, of the the neighbour, male neighbour next door, he told a bit of a strange story about something that the his, um, his father had done, or grandfather had done. Uh, there was a top floor and it did have a, uh, an, a sort of an area where you could stand out like a, a balcony. A balcony. A balcony. Words are, but are he hard today, as Mr. Schrader would say. He, he never built a uh, railing on the balcony. Oh, they did this at the jail. Yeah. They never, don't do railings. What is wrong with those he people? He never built a... That's, which is weird. That's a safety hazard. Hmm. And the re- weird reasoning behind that was that he said that if anyone got too close to the edge and fell over or slipped... They deserved it. What? That, if they were that stupid. Natural selection. Yeah, oh. They deserved it. Now, was he kind of just making it a joke because he never got to that bit? Um, or did he really mean it? Nobody will ever know. Well, Scott reckons that he was probably just joking. But um, in the actual fact was that this railing got never built. Now, is one of the ghosts that's... So is he the in, demon? Is he the demon the, in the house? Yes. <gasps> is he's he, a demon. Is <gasps> he? That's the story. That's that's the thing about oh, it. Have I given is it he? all away? No, there's more. Okay. Now, the family moved in uh, and uh, there were four kids, two parents, and it was really because um, the Ackley's dad... The, the father figure in the story had moved jobs. So they looked around and they finally found this wonderful home. They moved in. Uh, and then, like, there was a period of time, probably a, a couple of months, where uh, there were some renovations and things done, ready for the family to move in. Uh, and then they did. Uh, it had been vacant for seven years. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why there they needed to be a little bit of time spent just on getting the house prepared for the family and everything. Um, the children stayed with mum uh, while dad renovated. Yeah, because I think she was saying she was going to and from yes. whilst renovating. And um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's 
really interesting about this is that uh, the house was vacant between the 1950s and 1960s and in all of those years it was never vandalised. It was never broken into. Mm. There was a public walkway that kind of ran past the house. So Was it because it was a nice suburb or was it because the demon grandfather was keeping them away? Well, you would think that people would note that a house was vacant Mm. for a really long time and that Occasionally, some nosy person would go in and try and look inside it. And I'm see sure what the was kids there. had to do a run and knock. They probably did. Yeah, little so and so's. One of the oldest daughters who talked about all of this, Cynthia, felt that the ghosts were actually looking after the house. Oh, that's nice. Um, well, if Granddad built the house, he'd look yeah, after it. Yeah. So, Mum's name was Helen. And Dad's name was George. And when Helen moved, she kind of really got a little bit bored and, and needed to sort of have things to do for herself that were important, something to keep her occupied. And I wish more w- women would do this or the partners who are dragged into a new location. They need to find something for themselves. Mm-hmm. So she actually signed up for writing classes. Oh, yeah. And she was doing pretty well. Yeah. And the teacher suggested to all of the students that they should write an article and send it in somewhere to see if it would be published. Mm -hmm. And then they would look over it and, you know, just scrutinise it and talk about it and, you know, be really excited that, you know, one of the class members... Got a rejection letter. ...got got (laughs) published or got rejected and why, you know, what, what could be improved and so on and so forth. So this is where Helen's little article in the Reader's Digest in the 1970s appeared and the article was called Our Haunted House on the Hudson. Now... This started everything because this is where she alleged that the house was haunted by ghosts. Oh, okay. So this was all from an exercise in her writing class. Yeah, but she was reporting on what was really happening in the house, wasn't she? Well, theoretically. Now, they say that both of the parents did experience hauntings, uh, notably George swears he saw a pair of disembodied moccasin-clad feet walk by him from the hallway above the staircase. Tick, we've got the Native American uh, reference. Yep. Do we have the lady in the white dress? No, hold on. But Helen also witnessed a man who uh, was in colonial or revolutionary war attire. Oh. Uh, She was repainting the entryway. Daughter Cynthia seemed to be... Kind of the one that got the most. Was she, she a ghost magnet? Yeah, she uh, was in high school at the time and she kept on being awakened every day with the bed rattling or shaking. We had that happen in New Orleans yes. with our people. Yeah, as if someone was waking her up. Oh, she was really scared to begin with, obviously. Yeah. And then she got to a point where it was like it, was, it kept on happening such a repetitive rate that it was like someone's trying to wake me up to get up from school to get up to school or to get out of bed now my inquisitive mind is now saying 
maybe that is something in the house that if it's happening at a certain time it might be like the hot water service switching on or the um the heater turning off at a certain time or something my logical brain is going there mm-hmm. i'm sorry i don't could think that be. one is grandpa demon could be she felt it was like someone was asking her to get out of bed mm-hmm. and uh, it stopped when she politely Turned went, off the furnace? No, went into the middle of the room and said, can you please stop doing this to me? Because she, it would happen on the weekend as well. Oh. And so she said, look, I don't want to wake up early on the weekends. Let me sleep in. Can oh, you stop shaking the bed? Oh, I like that. And it did. So sometimes you just have to ask nicely instead of getting ghost adventures in there. <laughs> and a big shout out to Sam and Colby. I hope you're going to come and meet us in Australia. We'd love to love to see you. Everyone, send a message to Sam and Colby and say, come and hang out with the ghost grannies. <laughs> uh, the people from across the street and the neighbours would say to the family that there were ghosts in the house and that they had moved into a haunted home. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they did think dear old granddad was still living. He was in, lurking. Yeah, lurking <laughs> in granddad, the place granddad's next door. lurking in the closet. Uh, they also had um, a ghost manifest one night and it was a blonde woman that was brushing her hair sitting down at um, a table in the bedroom Mm -hmm. and apparently uh, the ghost looked at Cynthia. Again, Cynthia is the target person. Yes, this is the daughter. Yep. Yep. And Cynthia just nodded again politely. The ghost nodded back and then disappeared, and she never saw the ghost again. So that's not Grandad either. No. Oh, I'm waiting for the proof of Grandad here, Demon Grandad. Mm, yes, we're not we're not getting to Demon Grandad. Oh, okay. So all of this stuff is swirling around. These little ghost stories and things are coming out, and of course, people are always getting interested in, you know. Ghost stories, especially oh, yes. when it's they're happening always a fascination in someone's with them. home. Yeah, Helen then gets a phone call from a man in Portland, Oregon. This ring, is ring. this is after the story gets published. Yep, uh, and his name is Bill Merrill, mm-hmm. and he says that he was contacted by a gentleman called Glenn Johnson. Glenn Johnson. Hello, Mr. Johnson. And (laughs) Mr. Johnson was contacted by Sir George and Margaret. You know what Johnson is a... um, No, no, no. no, no, no. Sir George and Margaret. Sir George. From the house. From the house. Now, Mm -hmm. these are allegedly the ghosts of the house. So the ghosts of the house have contacted this guy because they want to give their side of the story <laughs> what of why they're haunting the house oh uh, so they've read the article in the reader's digest and all of a sudden they've made contact with these ghosts in another state yes and now they're special yes. because they need to speak to them. Yes, yes. And they've written a book. They've of written a book. Of course they and the have. The book is called Sir George the Ghost of Nyack. Now mm-hmm. this book does come out um, after Helen writes articles for many different magazines because her story's gone a little bit viral, or whatever viral was in the 1970s. And apparently this book was written uh, in the 1970s and as well. And so it's it's fresh. And 
you can't seem to get it anywhere online. Mm, funny about <laughs> because... that. Now, I, I want you all to remember that little story Renata's just told because I'm going to refer to that as well. Uh-huh. Okay. But so in maybe again, slightly different way. This is... What's their names the book, again? The book is called Sir George, the Ghost of Nyack. Yep. And they were contacted by Bill Merrill yep. and Glenn jo- oh, Johnson. Oh, well, no, these are different ones. I've got different ones. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Anyway. Life goes on. Yes, life is and, going on. You know, the kids are gone and uh, Helen decides it's time to downsize. Yep, and her husband dies. And her husband dies, yes. yes. Her husband dies. And she remarries. She remarries, yep. yep. So I, I've read my notes. I'm, I'm up to date now. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Now, this is 1989. It's about 25 years after the Ackleys moved in and 15 years after the article was printed. Right, so everyone knows that it's haunted, allegedly. Now, Helen decides to list the house with Richard Ellis of Ellis Realty, and the home is listed. And Notes. she turns the pages. <laughs> just wanted you all to hear that. And it, it is listed for just under $800,000. That's a oh, lot that's of a money. A l- lot of money back Holy then. Holy hell. And Helen is thrilled that a young couple, Jeffrey and Patricia Stambovsky, are eager to get in and sign that contract. Give it to me. <sighs> now, this is where things go a little bit loopy. Goes awry. Yeah. So they have had discussions with Helen. So uh, Jeffrey and Patricia Stambovsky, they have had discussions with Helen. Mm-hmm. They have talked about the place uh, and, you know, what they want to do with it and how interesting it might be to live there and, you know, how their life is going to change coming into this particular place and enjoying the rest of their lives. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And then the shite hits the fan. The poop. The shite hits the fan. Like our flinging poopers from Timu. I'm going to turn over to you now if anybody wants to read helen's story it is widely available on the internet and all you have to do is uh, go in and literally type in reader's digest story um, my haunted house on the hudson and you will read what she writes about that and the full description of the ghosts and everything that they have seen well, that was your job you were meant to tell the ghost stories no i'm gonna leave it because i think actually well, the most interest yeah and the most interesting bit about this is that we theoretically maybe maybe not slash maybe not have a Legally haunted house, or yes. do we? Or do we? Or do we? But before we go any further, I got Chat GPT. Oh, God, <laughs> to write me a soundscape because we only the only soundscape we could find was that little short one, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was a nice little soundscape. But I thought, oh, can we get something longer? Mm-hmm. So I said to Chat GPT, "Are you familiar with this?" And I went, "Yes, I am." Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, write me a little spooky story about it." And this is what it came up with: In the stillness of a quaint New York town, there lies a Victorian house peacefully perched beside the Hudson River. I'm already vomiting. Oh, shut There's up. There's too many adverbs. Yet, beneath too, it's... You can't have too many adverbs. You'll lose people. Well, losing please. people because you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> you're ruining my ambiance. Sorry. Yet beneath its tranquil... Now I've got a cough. <coughs> Thanks for that. Beneath its tranquil exterior, the Ackley House harbours a haunting secret. A whisper of the supernatural veiled within its walls. As night falls, the house seems to come alive with the subtle creaks of age-old floorboards echoing through the empty halls. A soft eerie melody plays as if the house itself is recounting tales from a mysterious past. This is the setting of a strange legal battle where the realms of the living and the ethereal intertwine. (laughs) (sighs) Inside the house, the past clings to every corner. Those who have dwelled within its walls... spray for that. (laughs) For breeze. Uh, those who have dwelled within its walls speak of inexplicable happenings, sights, sounds, and sensations that defy explanation. 
A woman's laughter echoes. <laughs> distant and fleeting through the corridors, leaving a lingering sense of something unseen. These tales straddled the line between reality and imagination, became the crux of a case that questioned the existence of ghosts. <clears throat> Wasn't that just vomit worthy? Mm. Anyway, uh, so this is the Stambovsky versus Ackley case of 1991, uh, heard by the New York Supreme Court Appellate Division, in which the court ruled something, which I'm going to tell you shortly. So, <laughs> thanks. Basically, these people went. You know, this this house sounds perfect. We're going to put a deposit down, and then. They found out some more information. So in the early 90s, uh, 90s, Helen decided to sell the house. She entered into a contract with the buyer, Jeffrey Stamboski, agreeing to the price of $650,000 with a $32,500 down payment. Now, these people came from New York City. However, the Stamboskis were unaware of the folklore and the ghost stories surrounding the house. Now, the uh, apparently the wife of Mr. Stamboski was pregnant. And Mr. Stamboski was worried that his pregnant wife would not feel comfortable in the home once he found out it was haunted. Now, you may ask, how did they find out it was haunted? Mm. How did they find out it was haunted? Apparently, there was a nosy neighbour who let them know. Mm. Just like they did when they moved in. Mm -hmm. The nosy neighbour said, do you know you've moved into a haunted house? Mm, my granddad built that house. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was there at the time. <laughs> oh. Uh, so, yeah, it was a local architect or the nosy neighbour who basically dobbed them in. So... With this, the Stambovskis then went, well, we don't want to buy this house anymore because nobody told us it was haunted. And that's where they enter into this thing where they say it's the caveat emptor. Now, I'm not a lawyer and I've really struggled to wrap my head around some of these things. But the caveat emptor basically means buyer beware. Mm -hmm. It's up to the buyer mm -hmm. to research the house and find out whether there was any nefarious things that are happening, Murders, any debts yeah. that might be owing on the house, Absolutely. anything like that, mm -hmm. they're meant to do a background check. But because they weren't from the area, they didn't know the, the local gossiping and things that were going on. And the other aspect of it, which they think might have something to do with it, is that they were worried of the resale value of the house if people knew it was haunted. Mm -hmm. So they thought it was going to lose money. Yeah, I, I kind of reckon that that was the biggest thing. So I have a quote here from uh, Stamboski, Mr. Stamboski, who said uh, in court, My feeling is that Mrs. Ackley is a very neat old lady who likes to spin tales. But if my wife is influenced enough by that stuff to feel uncomfortable, that's a good enough reason not to sink our life savings into the place. He concluded that they had been the victims of ectoplasmic fraud. <laughs> Uh, Isn't that great? Wow. Just wow. Can we get a T-shirt with that? Ectoplasmic mm -hmm. fraud. Mm. Mm. So what the Stambovskis did is they they said, we're not going to pay any more money. Mm -hmm. So they, they're, they're taken to court mm -hmm. um, and they did not appear at the house closing, making the agreement null and void, it says here. However, that also meant that Helen could keep the money. 
so she could keep the deposit. Why? Uh, she refused to return the money to the Stambovskis, and that's why they took her to court. Yeah. Right? Mm. Uh, sorry, I got that wrong. So it wasn't the because they refused to pay. It's because she refused to give back the deposit. Right. And that's where Ackley was saying, it's the caveat emptor, buyer beware, you didn't do your research, you should have known about it, uh, and that was their fault. Mm-hmm. So they took them to court. The, the, the decision was made um, the, in favour of Helen. Um, it says here, a narrow, a narrow three to two decision cited. Oh, the first off, I remember they said it, it went to Helen and Helen was allowed to keep the deposit, but then they made an appeal. Mm-hmm. And in the appeal, uh, Justice Israel Rubin um, was presiding over that and declared that Helen Ackley had promised the Stamboskis uh, that the property would be vacant when they took possession. I Look, the lawyers, I think, and the judges that involved in this were looking for anything that wasn't of the ghostly side of things to try and make this work because they thought that this was absolutely ridiculous. Yep. So because there were ghosts in the house, that meant the, the house, house was not vacant. Oh, my God. Um, so that the caveat emptor did not apply because there was still residents within the house. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so the, I've got a quote here. A very practical problem arises with respect to the discovery of paranormal phenomena. Who are you going to call, as the title song to the movie Ghostbusters asks? Applying the strict rule of caveat emptor to a contract involving a house possessed by poltergeists conjures up visions of a psychic or medium routinely accompanying the structural engineers and the Terminix man on an inspection... Uh, for the contract of sale. In the interest of avoiding such untenable consequences, the notion that a haunting is a condition which can and should be ascertained upon reasonable inspection of the premises is a hobgoblin which should be exercised from the body of legal precedent and laid quietly to rest. Mm -hmm. In other words, what a load of crap. (laughs) It's really interesting, this whole thing. Yeah. So really, this whole case is about whether the house was haunted or not. But Mm -hmm. it sort of wasn't. Uh, There is a... I used a couple of articles for this, uh, and there were some really good ones. Uh, I'll just see if I can spot what the... Oh, paranormalcatalogue.net. And there was one from, I think it was Delaware Paranormal Research Group. They did... The Delaware article was really good. They Mm -hmm. did a fabulous job on that. Um, So the the court um, said that the seller had created a public nuisance of herself by promoting the house as having a haunted reputation. And that was going to affect the value of property. She um, encouraged people to tell stories of the house. She invited people in to see the house. I think they even had a little bit of they a... They had tours going as well. Tours going. So she declared it was haunted. a haunted house. Mm-hmm. People believed it was a haunted house. People came to see the haunted house. It was going to be a public nuisance for anyone who bought the house because people are going to come and see the house. And this is what was upsetting the people who wanted to buy it and then wanted to back out. Now, the question here is why didn't the real estate agent mention anything? Well, there's... 
I've heard arguing things, different stories. Um, some say that they were told uh-huh. and they didn't believe in ghosts and didn't care. That's that, especially. Um, Mr. Stembovsky, mm. he thought it was all a lot of rubbish. Yep. Uh, but then they must have thought about it. But uh-huh. they're, they're declaring that they didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've thought about it and realised it's going to affect the, the uh, value the of the sale. property. The sale when they want to sell it. Yep. So, and she offered it to them for twenty, almost $20,000 less than the, the going price. No, it went for 650 oh, instead of $800,000. $200,000. $200,000. Yeah, yeah, the maths are not your... No, $150,000 less. Another zero. $200,000. <laughs> it was $800,000, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was $600,000 and something. $650,000, so it was $150,000 less. Yeah. Um, now, this is some of the things she was claiming that was happening in the house. Uh, there's ghostly figures, a lady in white and a man in grey, so there's our lady in white. Mm-hmm. Strange noises such as knocking, banging, foot steps throughout the house. There were objects in the house that would move on their own, including furniture and household items. So that's poltergeist activity. Mm-hmm. Um, she had given several interviews to newspapers and local magazines and um, she discussed the haunting of a home, uh, had published that uh, article in the Reader's Digest, mm-hmm. self-published a book about the ghosts that, uh, in haunt- that haunted the house. So she was very out there. So the court said to her, you can't now turn around and claim this house is not haunted mm. because you've made a bit of a living. Yes, out of claiming it is. So don't back up now and claim something different. So it really came down to it's haunted because she has made it haunted or made people think it's haunted. So what happens now? So the the decision they came up with was because she had previously published about the poltergeist, Helen Ackley was unable to deny their existence. However, sticking with the buyer beware doctrine, the Appellate Court held that she was not liable for damages. Instead, due to the fact that haunted cannot be easily ascertained with a simple house inspection, uh, the court simply... um, rescinded the contract so Stamboski was no longer required to buy the house Um, but we did have an issue with the deposit Uh, there are different stories about how much of the deposit stayed with Helen and how much went back to the Stamboskis Mm -hmm. according to this article uh, the Stamboskis got most of their deposit back although uh, according to Kavanagh, Helen got 5000 of the original amount back while another source uh, said they got 15000 of it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did eventually find another buyer and she did move to Florida. Apparently she had no problems finding another buyer. Mm-hmm. There's people that were quite happy to buy a haunted house. Well, you would. I'm actually looking for a house now. <laughs> and I have told the real estate agent that I would like something that's a little bit older with a ghost. And they look at me like I'm nuts. Uh, yeah, so mm, now I have to find the little bit of interesting bit at the end here. So I found the uh, findings of the Stamboski versus Ackley Court decision. Uh, and it became known as the Haunted House Statute. Now, I had a little bit of a giggle here because the beautiful uh, DE Paranormal Research Group 
didn't do a spell check before they uh, published their article. And instead of lawmakers, they had lawn makers (laughs) a few times, which just brought a big smile to my face. So thank you very much for that. Um, So... It was the lawmaker's attempt to clarify what information should be disclosed to a prospective buyer. While the law was called the Haunted House Statute, it actually never mentioned haunted houses. Rather, New York, as did the majority of states that also passed statutes on stigmatized properties, so places where murders and horrible things happened, determined that information about a house's ghastly past need not be disclosed to potential buyers. So in actual fact, it swung back the other way. Wow. Uh, Instead of trying to protect people, it was protect the history of the house Mm -hmm. so that people didn't suffer because of what had happened there, the, the owners. Um, so, yes, the agent, the sellers and the agents were under no obligation to do so, uh, nor ha- could they have clauses of action or law- lawsuits brought against them for non-disclosure. The only provision New York property... Now, this is in New York. Mm-hmm. Different states have different rules. Mm-hmm. Um, the property law made to possible worried buyers was that they could make inquiry in writing which asked the seller about a property's history, sellers could choose to respond or not. Right. Okay. But would you want to know if you were a um, normal instead of a paranormal person, would you want to know that things had happened in your house? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Hmm. Um, probably if you were just a normal person. Um, no, it wouldn't worry you. Uh, I think if you don't know, you don't worry. Mm -hmm. But if you do know, then every little sound and everything that's happening in there, you're going, is that the souls of those people Mm -hmm. that were tortured here or died here? Well, let's go back to the case that you talked about right at the very beginning. Um, The, um, oh, what's that place called? (laughs) Amityville. Amityville. (laughs) The Amityville house. Well, they declared there, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think nowadays it'd just be a very simple Google search, just Google search to work out what had happened in your area. And when we get called up to go into people's homes, guess what the first thing is that I do? I Google search. Yeah. What, ghost stories? No, I Google search and see if there is any information about hauntings or whatever. Or deaths in that area. Or deaths, Um, yeah. I did that for um, one of Hannah's friends. Uh, Her mum was having issues and it turned out that a young boy had been struck by lightning and died not far from their home. Oh, my God. And she was in childcare. So she used to have all the kids there at the house. I've got goosebumps telling that story. Oh. Oh, Anyway, um, so the house... Was sold. Mm-hmm. It was bought and sold many times, and it had seemed to draw in creative people. Yes, there were writers, there were musicians, there were poets. Um, many I've, I didn't write them all down. They're on another bit of paper somewhere else. But it seems that nobody else had any hauntings. Once Helen left. Uh, there was a famous movie director there yeah. as well who yeah. did. They based a movie um, on, oh, I'll have to find it. Now, good old okay. Renata, she's she's quickly jumped on Dr. Google. No, no, no. I no? had I had these in other notes. Yep. You will never guess. 
you will never guess who lived here. Filmmaker Adam Brooks, and he co-wrote the screenplay for Practical Magic. Oh, that's right. Yes. That beautiful house. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, there was a Ingrid Michelson. She lived there uh, and sold it in 2015. At that point, the house was listed for $1.9 million. And um, she didn't blame the ghosts for her leaving at no. all. Uh, and then there was a musician, rapper artist and I have no idea I'm yeah, sorry. sorry we're old and, and boring Mat- we don't know Mat- who that is Matisay who or something or other um, and she lived oh, she he oh, I don't even them. know they them uh, lived there for four years until 2019 but there wasn't people who stayed there for a long period of time no. they were just a couple of years and they'd move on mm-hmm. but I'm going to wrap up here years after she sold the house to someone else Helen died in Florida in 2003, right? Um, there was uh, some paranormal researchers and a channeler who reached out to um, Mark Kavanagh, who was the son-in-law to one of the, the children. Two ghosts who called themselves Sir George and Margaret. Mm-hmm. Margaret. Now, so we've, we've got the book we've got, that were yes. created by someone else. Yes. Yeah. Um complained that life wasn't much fun since the Ackleys left, so they were moving on. Uh, Oh, how interesting. Yes. He also, now Mark also describes his own encounter with a ghost, and this is the son-in-law, when he moved into the family home before marrying Cynthia. Mm -hmm. He said that a presence who appeared in the moonlight as a womanly figure in a soft dress sat on the bed to check him out as marriage material. Mm. <laughs> but interesting that we've now got these two paranormal investigators and a channeler mm-hmm. who have jumped on the bandwagon. Did all of this stem from Helen writing, that writing article. an article in a creative writing class mm-hmm. that she got published... And then had to continue because yeah. she had created something. She created something, mm-hmm. and and people loved it, mm-hmm. and they flocked now to the house to see this. Yep. The children were having experiences, but if they were children, were they um, reading through the eyes of what people are saying to them? Oh, you're in that haunted house, mm. so they're thinking that everything's on. But none of them were particularly scared. No, they all said that the ghosts were friendly and that they treated them as part of the family. Yeah, which I loved. I thought that was great. But is it real? Did she create the official haunted house legally that actually was never haunted? Yeah. Wow. Is it a true haunting or not, Renata? <sighs> because I'm it's, going, it's I'm going to have declared. to say I'm going to have to say no. Because no one after the Ackleys ever had uh, or reported ghosts. Yep. Maybe, maybe they did, and they didn't want to. And this is this is the whole thing yeah. about it. Where does the There's truth? A stigma. Where does the truth stop and the lies begin? This is the difficulty, and this is the difficulty we have, even nowadays, when people are saying that their places are haunted, uh, or even businesses are haunted. There is this stigma, as you said, mm-hmm. that what happens if you want to sell? Will you get buyers 
if it is mentioned. Uh, that is why we are stopped going into a number of different places to do paranormal investigations or ghost tours because the owners are afraid that if that is mentioned, their property will really be valueless, yeah, not and valuable. Here is the quote from the judge that finished up the case. Whether the source of the spectral apparition seen by Ackley or parapsychic or psychogenic, having reported their presence in both a, a national publication reader's digest and the local press respectively, Ackley is e-stopped to deny their existence and as a matter of law, the house is haunted. Okay. There we go. There we go. So the judge says it is, so it must mm. be so. And this is a case that is often brought up for students yes. who are going into law mm-hmm. uh, to discuss. Yep. Mm. And uh, my opinion, mm, it may have been haunted, but not by the ones that she has said it is. Yeah. We'll never know. That, that family's now gone and uh, there's nobody there to actually talk about it anymore that are willing to talk about it anyway that brings us to the end of this week's unusual case i hope you've enjoyed it please reach out and let us know what you thought of this case did you enjoy the slightly different thing that tortured me till i the point i nearly (laughs) didn't do it uh there's more coming there's more torturous cases in right i love them uh but um want to give a shout out to all the paranormal 60 fans that have joined us from dave schrader's show and if you haven't been over to paranormal 60 get over there and have a listen Dave's got a lot of stuff that you can listen to that's fabulous. You can support our work by becoming a Patreon on the uh, Anne and Renata Frightfully Good page there, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Link's in the description. Or if you just want to shout us a cup of coffee for Christmas, we'd appreciate that too. And don't forget, we are heading to Ireland in March of 2024. And if you want to be on that fabulous trip with us where we go into so many haunted sites and enjoy St Patrick's Day in Ireland and soda bread and butter and all of the goodies that come and some ghost hunts and listening to hear those Irish voices and the ghost and Duckett's Grove yeah, and the ghost bus the ghost bus yes, we're going to go yes, on the ghost bus in, oh yes in Dublin Ooh. anyway that's it we've yep. got to get out of here Mysterious Adventures yes. that's where you need to go links and will be in the description links will be yes there All bye right. bye everyone see you on the dark side bye thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings if you like the show give us a five star rating and leave a review Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.